Hello, everybody, and you guys already know the drill. Welcome to another episode of Ball Talk. This is now episode six with Nick and Zach. It could be seen as episode seven, though, because we did one last week about the yeah. uh, NCAA football playoff. We'll just keep. Anyways, um, so starting off with our shout outs, um, go ahead, take it, take it away. On this, um, this is from a couple weeks ago because we didn't get the chance to talk about it last week, but Alvin Kamara scoring a record tying six touchdowns in a game. Um, did you have something you wanted to say about this? Um, yeah, I guess my hot take um, for, the, for the episode this week. And something I've been saying for a, quite a long time, um, always use him in fantasy. Uh, great player. Um, I think he's the best running back in the league. There's not really someone who can catch passes like him. I mean, he's pretty much – but Christian McCaffrey does not stay healthy during the season. That's the thing. Right? Okay. And just his agility and balance and the way he just runs so effortlessly. I Don't get me wrong. I still think Christian McCaffrey is a very good running back. He's definitely second best. But Alvin Kamara, uh, his ability to stay healthy, to run down the field, catch passes, I, it's unparalleled. There's nobody doing it better than him. Right. And it helps that him and Drew Brees are always on the same wavelength. They always know what's going to happen next. Um, so where are you putting Derrick Henry? Are you putting him at three? Derrick Henry? Um, yeah, I think – I mean, Derrick Henry, I do have him at three. I think he's the most um, impactful running back, like team situation-wise. He's the most valuable to his like, team, the Titans, just because they rely on that run game so heavy. I mean, he had 2,000-something yards on the season. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But if you look at his game, it's really just pound the ball. He's not really a receiving threat quite as much as these other – and, I mean, it's because he's huge. I mean, he's not as agile as these other guys. But it's just because of – his game is a lot more – like straight up instead of everything else that Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey put together. Right. I agree. I think that um, he's three and Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey are top two. I think out of this year, I got to put Kamara at one as well. With him. But uh, Jokic exactly. a couple weeks ago had a score, a stat line of 19 points, 12 rebounds, 18 assists. He's the first center since Wilt Chamberlain in 1968 to have 18-plus assists, which is wild for center to do in today's basketball. Um, I know you think he's the MVP. He's the best center in the league. He's your favorite player. Yep. Well, I don't really think so, but I would – I mean, I would love if he won MVP. Um, I think that's very improbable. But, I mean, he's my favorite player. And he's balling, so hats off to him. Right. Uh, another shout-out to Devonta Smith for winning Heisman this past week, a couple of days ago. Um, I think he was a clear runaway favorite going into this past week. Yeah. And then really showed it in the semifinal game how good he really is. And then, again, in the NBA world, we have Steph Curry having a career-high 62 points, and Bradley Beal dropped in 60, which I don't know if that's his career-high or not, but that's another absurd amount of points. And he's still lost. Yeah. The Wizards are bad, and I don't know why. Yeah, I, it's just not really clicking for them. Um, like consistently in the in their games. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they 
out for the rest of the season, definitely. I think they got to get it under control eventually. I think Russ is a very good player who contributes a lot to a team with his triple doubles. Mm-hmm. But he, they're still losing when he gets triple doubles. It's it's crazy to think. I think they'll get under control by the end of the season. Um, I think what the Wizards need is a like a consistent big man out there who can get rebounds, who can pass the ball well. Um, I think that's really the only thing that they're missing, and they can they could be they could be a very good team, but just not having a dominant big man down low really puts them at a disadvantage. Right. Um, okay. So we have a little quick soccer to talk about. Do you want to take this part? Uh, yeah. So arguably the greatest player of all time to some people, uh, Messi, um, could be on the move. He, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, had an interview and discussed the possibility of him moving. He also brought up that he would like to play in the U.S. at some point in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be now, highly doubtful. But his move does seem like it will be imminent. Um, nobody knows if it's going to be a pre-contract um, here in this uh, winter transfer window that is now opened or if it could be later on in the summer eventually. But the uh, consensus is that he will go. Uh, yeah. Do you think he I, really, I really think he will leave Barcelona uh, in the summer. I don't know if it will be pre-contract. That's up in the air. But I think it could be PSG that get him. I don't know. I – it's so hard to think of him leaving Barcelona. Like it's, it blows my mind that he would want to leave. Cause that's all I've ever yeah, known is Messi at Barcelona. I mean, when you think Messi, you automatically think Barcelona. I mean, mm-hmm. for a lot of players, you can think of like their prime days in one club and then ending their career at another club. But Messi, I mean, he's, he's Barca through and through. So I do think, uh, PSG is the most likely option at this point. Right. Um, him and Neymar have a very good relationship, obviously. Um, it's a PSG is leading towards a more younger side. Um, they're, I mean, they've got a great player in Mbappe. Um, they just got Mauricio Pochettino, who I think it's been shown that I'm pretty big on. I think he, I think he's a good coach. Um, and they've got solid midfield, pretty good defense. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting if he does end up moving. And I think to a, to the French league too is the the biggest thing. Could you see him moving to the U.S. The though? French league gets, and then for them to have two top five players just like that, right? Yeah, but then it'd just be stacking PSG even more. It just it wouldn't be helping the whole league. It would just make PSG mm-hmm. that much above the rest of the farmers league, as people say. Um, but could you see Messi moving to the U.S.? What'd you say? Could you see Messi moving to the U.S.? Right now, no. Um, he is still a top three player, top five player. Um, no, it, I, I don't. I don't think there's any MLS team that could even pay his wages that he wants. Um, right. No, I do not see him going to the U.S. You know. We have a friend, and I'm sure this is a common thing among City fans, is that they are under the assumption that they can sign Messi because they're part of the Citizens Football Group or whatever they call it that owns uh, Manchester City and New York City FC. 
and that they that Messi can sign a contract where he plays at Manchester City for a while, uh, for a mm-hmm. year or two, and then it flips and he he goes to uh, NYCFC. I don't think that's gonna happen, just because I cannot see Messi playing at City. But it's an interesting thing, and it makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, um, I guess it does make a little bit of sense. But I just, I don't know. There's something about me that does not think Messi really wants to play, like, in the Premier League. No. Um, It'd be a great challenge for him. I know he's good friends with, like, Pep. Mm-hmm. It'd be a great challenge for him, but he's not yeah. like but English like, football is so physical, or English the English Premier League is so physical. Like it, he's too small. Like he would, it's just way more physical than Messi's ever played with. I don't know if he he's getting older and his body's not in the same shape, and he has past his prime. I just don't know if that's really smart if he's not in his physical. Prime is the best state to move to a much more physical league. Yeah, I mean, it's just less – it's lesser quality soccer in England um, than what he plays at. Um, it's physical, like you were saying. Um, it's a lot less skill-based. People are just hitting out there. Um I don't, I, I don't, I don't think the Premier League is an attractive move, honestly. I think it's an attractive move for young stars that want to show, like, hey, I can mm-hmm. perform at at this high level. Like, I'm a physical player. I'm not just this one-dimensional technical player, like Havertz. Um, he moved to Chelsea to, I think, prove that he's more than just a, a technical attacking mid. Show that he's got physicality too. But, I mean, that move's not really working out too well. He's not doing too hard, though. Nope. He's not. (laughs) But, Messi, I just don't think the Premier League is appealing. No. Um, But, moving on from Messi, um, there was the Globe Soccer Awards uh, happened. And to, like, a fan-based vote – Real Madrid won Team of the Century up until 2020. Um, Ronaldo won Player of the Century. And then Ronaldo also won Player of the Year, but then he gave it to Robert Lewandowski. Since it is a direct fan vote, and Ronaldo believed that Lewandowski deserved it, so he gave it to Lewandowski. Um, Yeah, that's very classy. I think you're right on everything. Yeah, I think every it, single one of those uh, picks is correct, though. You think Ronaldo should have won Player of the Year? No, no, no. Player, I think it should be like the way that it actually came out. Lewandowski for the year, right. Ronaldo for the century, and Madrid for the century. Right. I have a little problem with them calling it century. I told you this, but it just doesn't make sense when we're only 20 years through a century that you can call a team team of the century or the player of the century when the century's not over. It just doesn't make sense to me. But I guess that's just the name of the award. The complete name was team of the century from like 2000 to 2020, but whatever. Um, so, I mean, that's all I have to say about soccer. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm good on soccer. Nothing really has happened in this January transfer window yet. Nothing really uh, worth speaking about. Nothing, no big news as of yet. We are a week through the uh, opening week of the transfer window, and no big news. No, not no rumors even, which is crazy to think about. Other than Messi, not really. Uh, but moving on to. A very exciting college football um, national championship between Alabama and Ohio State, two powerhouse right. programs. Um, yeah. 
Bama came off uh, a win versus Notre Dame. Completely expected. Yeah. Um, and Ohio's and Ohio State came off of a very exciting game against uh, Clemson. Not so expected. They dominated. Even after Justin Fields, even after Justin Fields took a hit, huge hit to the ribs, yeah. uh, stomach area. In- incredible showing from Justin Fields, honestly, in Ohio State. Yeah, I um, they didn't actually watch the game. My Wi-Fi is bad, as you could probably tell in the podcast with audio cutting in and out. But I was trying to stream the game because we don't have cable anymore, and it just wasn't working. It would freeze for minutes at a time, and it was just I could not watch it. So I have gathered all my information from highlighted stats. But it does seem like Ohio State dominated that game and controlled it all the way through the end, which I did not expect to happen. I think the biggest uh, the biggest thing for me was I I was very surprised by um, Justin Fields. I mean, he had a great game. There's no doubting that. But the biggest thing for me was this Ohio State defense really showed out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that they're solid, but they were very good. Um, ETN was pretty much non-existent in the game. Um, right. There was no run game at all on Clemson's part. Um, Clemson uh, quarterback Trevor Lawrence was consistently under pressure. Um, he still played well. I mean, you can't really say he didn't play well, but made him make mistakes, made him leave the pocket, made him make uncomfortable throws, got sacked, um, fumbled even. So, I mean, that defense, it's going to be interesting to see them go against uh, Alabama with the best offensive line in college football. I think that, that's good. I think that matchup right there is what's going to determine um, the national championship, that defense versus the O-line. If Mac Jones can sit back in the pocket, air it out to Devontae Smith. Um, I don't think he will have the time. And – Really? No, I think the pressure that Ohio State put on Trevor Lawrence uh, is going to continue and be pressure that they put on Mac Jones. Because that Clemson offensive line is, is solid, just like Alabama's is. Um, I think nothing changes. I think they'll load the box. I think they'll continue to have pressure because you got to respect the run game with Najee Harris. So you will have a good – like you will have to load the box, like I said, Um send guys to stop the run if they run, and then that comes off to be a good pass rush if they decide to play action or just straight up throw the ball. So I think the pressure will stay. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to keep that pressure. I just don't know how successful it's going to be against such a dominant offensive line. Yeah. I think Alabama has a lot more weapons too. Yeah. Um in the receiving end, but I don't know. You never know. Ohio State surprised me once. Um, Let's get into some predictions for the game. What do you think is going to win? I think Bama still wins. Um, They're a very good football team, like very good. the scare, the scariest thing to me about Alabama is that their best wide receiver is not even playing. Yeah, and that is and good for rumors, Ohio State. Rumors, rumors that Jalen Waddle might play. Yeah, I don't think he should. I don't think he should either. I mean, gonna he's going to be a first-round first draft pick. So go get that money, dog. Don't try and don't risk getting re-injured. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see him coming back, but I think that's just threatening to even think about because he oh, is so it good. Is. Yeah, just be one hundred percent for pro day in the combine and all that. Just take it easy. Make sure you're at the best shape that you 
could possibly be in for those important days for the NFL draft. Yeah, definitely. Um, I still think Bama wins, though. Uh, Mac Jones can throw the ball very well. Najee Harris can run the ball very well. And Devontae Smith in uh, yards after catch is so good. He just runs around the field making these plays and runs. He's – I think they win the game. Their defense, Alabama defense, is also extremely good. Um mm-hmm. Justin Fields had such a great game just because that Clemson defense was terrible. Goodness, coverage was awful. Yeah, um, I don't know what happened. He had so much time to throw the ball throughout the entire game. Um, I think Alabama poses a much bigger challenge to Ohio State than Clemson showed in that semifinal. I think Alabama wins as well, but I will be actively rooting for Ohio State. because Go Tigers, War Eagle. Can't have Bama win another one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Um, another interesting, the only other really big headline in college football, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, who we talked about um, when we were talking about Auburn. Yeah. Hello? <laughs> oh, you did not get any of what you just said. Oh, all right. Well, okay. So, Steve Sarkeesian, who we talked about previously mm-hmm. uh, on another episode, has been hired by Texas um, to be their head coach after they fired their coach. Uh, Sarkeesian will stay with Alabama through the uh, title game. Um, he will still be the offensive coordinator, but... Uh, he will be at Texas next year. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel about this? I really like the signing. Um, people can go back and look at what he did at USC and the personal problems that he had, but I really do think that he's changed. I think that when he went back to – or went to Bama under uh, Saban, he learned a lot. He learned about, a lot about himself. He learned that um, some of the things that he did was not okay, like he relied on alcohol too much and – substance abuse like that. Um, but I do think he's a change man. I think he's an excellent football coach. He understands offense unlike any other um, in college football. I think that that's a great signing um, for Texas. And it's interesting because Sam Ellinger is now leaving for the draft. Correct? I don't think he – I don't know if he's announced it, but it's it's going to happen. He will – be leaving for the NFL draft. And it's exciting that Sarkeesian gets to develop his own quarterback from the start. I think that's very good for him in Texas, that he gets to uh, teach the quarterback what he wants. And those bad habits aren't necessarily there that Ellinger might have. I also think this is, I think this is a great signing, honestly. Um, USC pretty much used to be considered QBU. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Texas has struggled at the quarter at the quarterback position consistently. I think I think Ellinger. Um, I don't think he's bad. I, I think he's. I think he's pretty decent. Um, I know you. I know you hate on him. But, I don't like him that much, but. Um, I th- I think he's he's shown out in in some games, not consistently. However, like I said. So I think um, Sarkeesian's recruiting uh, status, I guess you could put it, mm-hmm. um, just what he brings to the uh, to the team with his offense, like you were talking about, his recruiting. Um, I think this uh, Texas team could be back on track to be a top ten, maybe even competing. It won't be immediate, though. A playoff spot um, in the years to come. No, not yeah. immediately. In the in the years to come. I mean, give it. I mean, college is a very 
like you have like a short window very tiny window of being very good unless you're alabama so i think maybe like four or five years probably uh this texas team could be good yeah i agree um i'm not gonna say texas is back but texas is definitely on the road to be back this is a great signing for them Mm -hmm. so i'm all good on college football do you have anything else you want to say Yep. Okay, yeah, so moving on to NBA. It's, a while. Uh, it's been a while since we talked about the National Basketball Association. Um, so there's a lot of things that happened. Clippers against the Mavs uh, a couple weeks ago was ugly. An embarrassment. Destroyed. Ravaged. Absolute disgraceful performance by the Clippers. Got killed by 51. Yeah, that's bad. The Mavs were up by 50 at halftime. That's a lot to go up in one half. Yes, and I think the worst thing about it is the fact that they were up 50 at the half. You don't do anything in the second half to make that a 20-point loss, a 30-point loss. You lose by 51. <laughs> to be fair, they that, did not have Kawhi Leonard. But Kawhi Leonard does definitely not have a plus 50, plus minus. So I don't know how much of a difference Kawhi would have made on that game. No. Not a I, big one. I, I Maybe a 20-point loss or a 30-point loss instead. Yeah, that's that's just embarrassing by the Clippers. Hmm. Okay. Um, that's all I wanted to talk about the Clippers is that absolute beatdown. One question a lot of people have is, are the Kings legit? I say no. Um, I say no also. Um... I don't really think it's so much on the players because, I mean, they're young. So, like De'Aaron Fox, uh, Buddy Heald, uh, Bagley. Uh, can't really name any other right now. But the coaching is just so bad. Yeah. Walton is – he should not be an NBA coach. He's not Head great. coach. He, I mean, he might be – he might be an assistant coach somewhere, um, but he is not the man for the job anywhere in the league, and it shows. Yeah, no, he's not a good coach at all. Uh, really wasting the potential of Darren Fox, I think, mm-hmm. if he stays there much stays there much longer. Because um, Darren Fox has the potential to be a great, great player, but staying in Sacramento is just going to kill it, kill his career. Kings are four and four right now, and they beat the uh, the Suns and the Nuggets. They beat the Nuggets twice. Um, mm-hmm. One of them in overtime. One of them a ten point win, and they beat the Bulls as well. So those are the four wins. Bulls is not impressive. Bulls are so bad. Bulls are a very bad basketball team. They. I, I, there's really nothing more to say about the Bulls. They suck. Yeah, no, they're extremely bad. Um, yeah, that's all we can say is they suck. But, and that was a close game. They only won that game by four. So, mm. things are not very good. They're not legit. I don't think the Kings are legit either. I think that was just a, a point that needed to be addressing. Because I don't, I don't trust NBA standings to the first 20 games of the season. The beginning of the season is um, turbulent, and you never know really what's going to happen. A team could get dealt five horrible games in a row, uh, like playing the top five teams in the, in, the, 
in the league or something along those lines. Like, I just don't trust it. 76ers are sitting at number one. Magic are sitting at number two of the Eastern Conference. Magic will not be there in th- in four weeks. The Magic will be at 12 in four weeks. No, especially, not- with, especially with this Fultz injury. Um, Markel Fultz uh, did tear his ACL last mm-hmm. night against the Cavaliers, I believe. Um, right. So prayers up for Markel Fultz's recovery, but he's out for the year. And he was balling. He was really playing well. Yeah, he is one of the main reasons that the Magic were six and two, sitting at number two in the Eastern Conference in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, um, they, he was playing well. Very well. Um, but uh something else I wanna harp on with this NBA standing so early. The Raptors are one and six at fourteen, and the Heat are three and four sitting at eleven. We can't trust these standings yet. I don't know. The Raptors are playing very badly. The Raptors are a perennial playoff team. Second round Eastern Conference playoff team. It's just they they will make the playoffs at the end of the year. It's just a bad start. They will, it, and it is a bad start. But like they've got to get the click at some point in time. This season is shorter. I mean, we've seen uh, games. Uh, Kevin Durant currently uh, cannot play, mm-hmm. but I mean. Runs like this, you can't really have them in this type of season. I think uh, you've got to put them together some wins. You really do, and they—I don't know—they're they, just not playing well. Um, they've got to put some wins together yeah, before it gets scary. too late into the season, and they're fighting for—I don't think they'll be fighting for a playoff spot, but I mean, they were projected like a. Top four, top five team. Yeah, I don't think they'll be that high anymore. Just based on all these losses at the beginning of the season, it's very hard to come back from that. But I think they will do it. Exactly. Um, moving on, uh, we had James Harden in um, talking points for this week or this episode. But I don't think he's going to trade it anymore. I think he's going to stay put in Houston. Mm-hmm. James Harden. I don't think I he's going to trade he's it. put now. Yeah. Um, he's a bucket. Yeah, it's absurd what he does. I mean, basketball. he's just out there. I mean, you don't know what he's doing uh, at night after the games until who knows what hour in the morning. Um, but he goes out there and he, he balls. And it's not like it's just him either. Um he puts up great assist numbers um, while putting up a lot of points per, per game. So he's not playing selfishly. Um, he's, I mean, he's showing he's a great basketball player. Easy. Yeah. Simple as that. And he, he, is, he owns the Rockets at this point. We talked about it before. He is the, the Houston Rockets organization. He controls the practice schedule and everything around what he does. And he can do whatever he wants the day before, and he will still drop 50 on anyone's head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's one of the greatest scorers in the game right now, if not the greatest, up there with Kevin Durant in my eyes. But he's playing well. He's playing really well. Uh, so now let's move and talk about James Harden's former teammate who's traded from the Rockets to the Wizards, Russell Westbrook. Um, Something interesting that you saw, if you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, um, I think it's the Russell Westbrook teammate narrative. Um, A lot of people, we saw him as like a cancer in the locker room, just bad guy. But as soon as he's in Washington, it's, oh, look, what a great leader. Um, Look how great he is. so, like, what's it like? What's up with that? I think it's been shown that he's a good teammate consistently. Um, I just think maybe he didn't fit the scheme, didn't fit um, 
Houston didn't really fit his play style. But people know he's going to be out. He's going to go out there and compete with everything. Um, this is the dude who's said that on the court, the only friend is the basketball. I mean, like he, he's a he's a competitor through and through. So maybe Houston couldn't take that um, with James Harden there. I think that's what it was. Um, I think the split was better. I mean, they pretty much got like a watered down version of Russell Westbrook with Jan- uh, John Wall, my bad. And I mean, the Wizards are still bad, but I think they've got potential to maybe turn it up um, in a couple weeks into the season. They just have to start clicking, like we were saying earlier. Right. Um, like we talked about earlier, Bradley Beal dropped 60. Actually, to go back to what we were talking about, the teammate narrative, I think that everyone assumed that he was a bad teammate because the way he holds himself in the interviews and stuff like that and saying that his best friend is, a bas- is the basketball or whatever. Um, don't quote me directly on that. But I think as his teammates started coming out and saying that he's the best teammate they've ever had and he's such a great teammate, he really motivates us or whatever they said, I think the the media and the fans really caught on to that and said, oh, maybe he's not so bad. Maybe he is doing good things. We just can't see it because it's behind closed doors. And his influence is something that we can't see. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's why the narrative changed so much is because I remember over the offseason, I was seeing a ton of things. Steven Adams, uh, other former teammates of his come out and say he was a fantastic leader, a great teammate. So I think that's why it switched so easily. Mm-hmm. But I, th- Bradley Beal dropped 60 and still lost to a good 76ers team. So it's not like they lost to the Knicks or something when they dropped 60. I think it's the defense. I, they're just not playing good defense. Like Bradley Beal is definitely not known for his defense. And Russell Westbrook is someone that you don't really think of for defense, but he's a decent defensive player. They're just getting yeah. eaten up on defense, and I don't know why. There's just something not clicking. Yeah, um, I think I think offense uh, in this in this league right now is something that comes a lot more naturally. I mean, players are. I mean, we've seen incredible offensive performances by a ton of players recently. Um, I think defense. I mean, obviously, has kind of like slacked off in recent years and it's something you kind of have to build as a culture and the wizards as a younger team with uh thomas bryant uh bertans uh wagner um they're just you haven't really built that culture yet and so russell westbrook and bradley beal they kind of have to start like showing out when they're not really known for their defense that well you know so um, Wizards just have to adopt that culture of defense if they want to be – if they really want to make a run this year. Right. And offense is something that you could always work on in the gym. Like, you can always put up shots even by yourself. Like, defense, you need someone else to be there and to be trying 100% to really get better at it. So, I think offense comes more easily because it's a lot more easy to train for. And defense is not the same. So, a lot of these younger guys – they don't have as much experience guarding people or don't have like the, the natural uh, gift or ability to defend people like some players have. Um, they need to, it's a lot harder for them to work on defense. Yeah. I definitely agree there. Um, but I think that's really all for the NBA. Oh, uh, one big piece of news was that uh, Spencer Dinwiddie has a partial ACL tear and looks to be out for the rest of the season. That's uh, big for uh, Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, that's huge for the Nets. He's a big piece for them. Um, you can really see how his injury affected them and Katie not playing, but they've dropped games that they may not, maybe should not have lost. Mm-hmm. But he has a big influence on that on that team. That injury is quite detrimental to um, 
that team. Yeah, I agree. So okay, now I'm so... going to. We're going to um, shift gears. Yep. yep. To the NFL. Here we go. Uh, you can see my screen, correct? And it's a nice playoff picture we've got. Yeah. Um, so where do you want to start? You want to start AFC or NFC? Let's, let's start with AFC. Start on the left side. Um, okay. Those are some very good games. Yes. They're, no, they're all great. Um, the AFC side is definitely better than the NFC side. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, Chiefs have that first round bye because they were the number one seed. Um, right. Also, heavy favorites to win it all. Yeah, and there's very few teams that can. I think this is going to be. The, yes, I think this is going to be the best matchup of the weekend. Possibly, actually, no, I can't even say that because Steelers and Browns and Titans and Ravens is also going to be extremely good, but. The game I'm most invested in, Bills versus my Colts, who edged in at seven. Yeah, which is wild to think about. um, Something crazy is that the Miami Dolphins were a 10 and six, correct? Yep. And missed the playoffs. Well, there are two teams in the NFC side that did not get 10 wins and made the playoffs the Bears and the Washington football team. The football team is over 500. Yeah, seven and nine. And a team that is a 10-win team on the AFC did not get in, which is absurd. Um, but, hey, that's the yeah. rules, I guess. Um, the NFL has very good football teams right now. It is something that has come to the forefront. Um, All right. But Bills and Colts, um, what do you – what do you see happening in this game? I have the Bills. I'm a Bills uh, fan. They are my AFC team, my second favorite team in the league. Love the Bills. Love Josh Allen. Um, Bills defense is still very good. Colts defense is extremely good. Uh, Bills offense is better than Colts offense, I would say. So you have a better offense going against a better defense. Um, Bills offense going against Colts defense. It's going to be a great match. Both teams can score a lot of points. And it's just going to be extremely exciting. Yeah. I also think the Bills, unfortunately, will win. Uh, I think Josh Allen has matured a lot this season as a a decision maker. Um, Last year, that was really his weakness. But... This is the uh, bracket. Yeah. The... Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. On the last but, bracket, um, I had uh, Chiefs in the wrong spot. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I think Bills are just – I think they have the hottest offense in the league right now. Um, yeah. uh, John Brown is back. They, they win the game. He's back. So they'll have all of the receivers. What'd you say? Uh, John Brown, Josh Brown, Brown, Mr. Brown, the wide receiver for the Bills that was out pretty much all year. Uh, came back last week. Mm-hmm. Um, extremely fast. Uh, really opens up the offense. Yeah. So you'll have him, Stephon Diggs, and Cole Beasley all playing. Um, a fantastic receiving core. One of the best slot receivers, one of the best receivers, had the most receptions and uh, yards, if I'm not mistaken, and Stephon Diggs. I just think that Buffalo is just more high powered, and they'll come out, come away with this win. Yeah. All right. Yes, unfortunately. Um. <laughs> I I still think it's gonna be a great game, though. Hopefully. Oh, it'll be extremely good. Um, so um, let's move on to Brown Steelers, another fantastic game. 
Um, one that we got a little yeah. sneak peek at twice in the regular season. Um, mm-hmm. The Browns scare me, though, because their head coach got COVID this past couple of days, and their offensive coordinator will be stepping in as head coach for the game. And I think that really hinders the Browns and their chance. So I'm going to go Steelers win this one. Wow. Um, yeah, that's huge for their head coach. I mean, uh, he's kind of the reason – I think he should win coach of the year, to be honest, uh, Stefanski, uh, mm-hmm. just because of the way he's turned around this Browns organization. I mean, they didn't win a game, what, th- three years ago, I believe? Yeah. They were – They lost every single game. Horrible. And now they're in the playoffs. Um. I think it's going to be very close. The Browns could come out on top. Uh, my earlier prediction in one of the podcasts was that the Browns would win a playoff game. So I'm going to stick with it, and I say the Browns will win. Wow. I mean, that game could go either way. Yeah. All right, so moving on to the last AFC uh, wild card game. Um, Baltimore Ravens versus Tennessee Titans. Who are you taking? Um, I think the I think the Ravens. I say that very tentatively, though, because I mean this game could also swing either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the Ravens team just matured. A little from uh, last year's kind of fall from grace that they had in the playoffs. They uh, were projected to do much better than they did. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is playing extremely well. He's showing he's a very good uh, quarterback. Um, They're pounding the ball in the running game. They had over 400 rushing yards. I believe, against the Bengals in their final game. Mm-hmm. Um, this, if, you, if you like running football, this game is going to be a must-watch. Yeah, this is the epitome of running football between these two because on one side you have Lamar Jackson in that uh, great running game with uh, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram. Uh, for the Ravens, and then you have Derrick Henry for the Titans, which is and Gus, a rush for 2,000. Yards this year. Um, I'm going to go Titans in a very close one. But I'm not sold. I don't really think there's a way to be sold on either of these teams. Mm -hmm. They're very good matchup. Very, very close matchup. Right. All right, so um, moving to the NFC side, unless you want to speak more about the AFC. No. Okay, so uh, which be grateful? Yeah, it's gonna be phenomenal. Um, what game do you want to start off with on the NFC? Uh, Rams versus Seahawks. Okay. Seahawks, easy, done. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um. I also think the Seahawks will win. Um, Jared Goff did not play the final game of the season with a broken thumb. But Something like that. I don't really think the backup quarterback, um, Wolford, I believe is how you say his name, uh, he kind of – like, he ran the ball well. Um, he was mobile. He ran the ball much better than Jared Goff does. Um and they kind of threw it the same. It was kind of weird because Goff has uh, dropped off dramatically as a quarterback. So, yeah, Goff is not a great quarterback ever since that Super Bowl visit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I. I think the Rams have a great defense, but the Seahawks have also been very solid on defense. But 
hopefully the Seahawks offense uh, clicks together and really shows out uh, Russell Wilson in the playoffs is consistently good. Um, hopefully we see some DK Metcalf uh, magic and I think Seahawks uh, run away with it. Yeah, I do too. I, I don't think this was going to be very close. Um, I'm taking Seahawks. I don't know. The Seahawks have a tendency to keep games close. That yeah, it's weird. Close. But I don't know. I think Seahawks will make a statement win on this one. Be like, hey, here we are making our playoff entrance. Okay. Um, one game that I do not think will be close, though, is the New Orleans Saints versus the Chicago Bears. <laughs> you know... <laughs> As a Bears fan, a, a diehard Bears fan, um, I've seen some up and downs of the season. And honestly, that Week 17 loss to Green Bay Packers was not as bad as it looked. They put on another touchdown in, tri- in, in uh, garbage minutes, and it wasn't horrible. Like, it was close through most of the game. And I think that as soon as Mitch understands, like, what he's doing with a football, like, how to throw and stuff, like, he starts to understand the game of football more than uh, more than me, I think that we have a chance to win. Like, our defense is good. Okay, this game will be closer than anyone thinks. Saints are going to win, though. No, the Bears have no chance. Saints are going to win, but I think it'll be closer than everyone, anyone thinks. No, New Orleans is going to kill the Bears. We're going to murder Drew Brees. I hope, like, Khalil Mack is going to break the rest of his ribs. <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, this is not going to be close, Zach. Um, the Saints are a very good football team. You just um, wait. If... Uh, I'm pretty sure Kamara will be back and the rest of their running backs. Um, Drew Brees is Drew Brees still. Um, the Saints have not done anything in the playoffs for the past couple of years. Have another a- NFC North exit. We'll usher you to the door. Vikings did it twice. It's our turn. No, the Bears will not be ushering anybody, <laughs> anybody home except themselves. Okay. This is it for the Bears season. I just pray we drop the quarterback. Anyways, moving on. The the final game of the Super Wild Card <laughs> Weekend, as they're calling it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Washington football team. And this game won't be close. This will even be a further apart than the Chicago Bears-Saints game. This is – it's not even going to be fair. These two teams should not be on the same playing no. field. Um Tampon offense has been electric recently. Um, Tom Brady has thrown the ball incredibly well. Uh, and Antonio Brown has played very well as well. Um, yeah. Mike Evans, hopefully he's healthy um, for the game. Mm-hmm. I don't really think losing him really impacts their chances to win just because the football team is very bad. But... Hopefully he's back. Um, you always want to see great receivers play. Uh, Chris Godwin as well plays well. Um, that Tampa Bay defense is solid. The Washington football team offense is not. Uh, their defense is also not that great. Uh, there is nothing that the football team does better than Tampa Bay except lose games, and they will lose the game. I agree. It's not going to be close. I think Tom Brady will have a ton of touchdowns. I th- this game's just going to get out of hand. Buccaneers are going to put so many points up on the board. It's going to be wild. Um, so who do you think is going to come out of the AFC and who do you think is going to come out of the NFC? Yes. I'm already looking forward to Tampa Bay versus Green Bay just because of their earlier matchup in the season. Uh, Tampa Bay won. But Green Bay has played very well recently. I think that's going to be a very good match. 
when it comes to fruition. Uh, one second. Let me. Uh, who do you think is going to come out of the two division or uh, conferences? Um, I think the AFC still sees Kansas City. Uh, they're just such a good football team. There's not really a huge weakness for Kansas City anywhere. Um, and the NFC is a bit more contested, though. I don't I, – I guess this is a bit of a little hot take, but – I think Tampa Bay comes out of the NFC if they can beat the the Packers. They, really? They make it to the Super Bowl. The problem yeah, with this, I think, I think whoever comes out of Tampa Bay and Green Bay wins uh, the NFC. The problem with this uh, year for me, especially on the NFC. I'll get to the AFC in a second, but I can't see any of these teams playing in a Super Bowl. None of these teams are going to play in a Super Bowl normally. The Green Bay had beaten one team all year over 500. Two, the Bears in the last week and the Titans in the second last week. They killed the Titans. I'm not impressed by the Packers. I do think Aaron Rodgers is MVP, but I'm not totally impressed by them. I'm not too impressed by the Buccaneers. I'm not impressed at all by the Saints. They had a rocky year. And I'm not impressed by the Seahawks either. The top four seeds I'm just mm-hmm. not impressed by. Like, I don't think they any of them should be in a Super Bowl. And definitely not any of the five to seven teams. Rams... Bears and Washington will not make a Super Bowl. Probably won't even make the second round. The funniest thing is, though, the football team is the fourth seed. Like, I know nobody's really considering them that, but they technically are four. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. Oh, my God. That doesn't even seem right. Anyways, I just assume the Buccaneers are four. Yeah. Um, but no one on the NFC impresses me. I, like, if I had to pick a team – I. I have to go Packers. But I think whoever comes – I think AFC is going to win the Super Bowl. doesn't matter who comes out of the AFC. I think any of the teams on the AFC yeah. in the wild card round could beat any of the teams in the NFC. Um, yeah. Uh, except for maybe – no, yeah, uh, that's fair. Depends on who's the home team. Because if any of these teams play in Lambeau, it's very hard to beat Packers in Lambeau. But, Um, uh, like, Titans, if they play in Tennessee, they could beat the Packers. Could. Mm -hmm. Ravens could beat the Packers. Bills could. Bills could make the Super Bowl. Colts could beat the Packers. Did they beat the Packers? Mm. Colts beat the Packers. Like, yeah. AFC's gonna run away with the Super Bowl. I don't I don't think the Super Bowl's going to be close. No, I think Chiefs are I mean, I'm gonna repeat bar any crazy upset along the way. Uh they are the best team in football. That offense. There's really no containing them. Uh, mm-hmm. defense is solid. Kansas City wins the Super Bowl again. Uh, I agree. The only team I think that could slow down and stop the Chiefs are the Bills. I've said it before. Yeah. Um, their offense is super high powered and their defense is good. It's the only team. Yeah. Easiest way to put it. Okay. I'm going to go and stop sharing screen. So we both have uh, Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Winning it, of course. Um, so now we make it to the last segment of the day of every episode. Uh, who is your lock of the week in sports betting? Okay, my lock of the week 
just because I have to stay true to what I said earlier um, on a, another episode about the Browns winning. I'm, I don't, I don't really know if they're going to win right now, uh, but Browns spread plus six. Browns could still win. They could still win against the Steelers. Improbable. It looks improbable right now because it was a very close game they had against the Steelers and uh, they weren't even playing everybody. But Browns plus six against the Steelers. That is my lock of the week. I like it. Um, My lock of the week is in the Tampa Bay versus Washington football team game, I'm going with the over 45. Uh, I think 45 is way too low because mm. the Buccaneers have hit that in the past two weeks by themselves. And I kind of mm. foreshadowed a little earlier. I think that the Buccaneers could score 45 by themselves in this game as well. The uh, football team's defense is not good. Mm-hmm. And their offense is extremely high-powered. They have three of the best receivers in the game. Yeah, and a decent running game with Leonard Fournette. I Tom Brady is the best playoff quarterback of all time, like bar none. That's I mean that's also very solid. Uh, I think this game is going to be very high scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, even if the Washington football team doesn't even score two touchdowns, it's still going to hit the over. Yeah, hammer. Um, well, that pretty much wraps us up for this episode. Hope y'all have enjoyed and we'll be back next week, um, after this super wildcard weekend. Uh, and yeah, that's it. See ya.